0: Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So you have an interesting story and I hear it comes from one of my favorite cities in the world, Portland, Oregon. Tell us more.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm just returned from there where I was uh, taking part of the IT Revolution uh, DevOps Enterprise Forum. And this is a a place uh, that IT Rev does. They bring some people together to put out uh, guidance papers uh, for the community, and then they post them uh, on their site. They, they collect them into the uh, DevOps Enterprise Journal, and um, hand that out as part of the uh,
0: uh, DevOps Enterprise Summit uh, in October. And this is, of course, the publisher of books that we all know, like the Phoenix Project and Agile Conversations.
1: Yeah, that's right. This was, but I like the two two, you know, roughly equivalently well-known books. <laughs> at least, at least in this audience, I hope so. Yeah, at
0: least for us. Okay. So, what did you learn here? You had an interesting story that came from this event
1: yeah in now the the uh, the person had a message to us, and it was about the the power of uh, streamlining the power of, of of making sure you're doing the absolute minimum but they he used a, a non software example, which was really interesting to me. He, he started talking about the uh, what happened in two thousand and seven in Oakland that there was a uh, there's a, a local uh, freeway interchange here known as the MacArthur Maze. And what happened was in the really early morning hours a, a, a on April 29th, 2007, a, a tanker truck carrying almost 10,000 gallons of gasoline overturned and the fuel caught on fire. And that heat from that caused uh, a section of this interchange for the, the upper uh, part to collapse onto the lower part. So This kind of bridge fell down. And this is a very congested area. It's a very important uh, way these freeways connect. And having this section of road closed was was a real uh, problem for the Bay Area. It was going to have a lot of economic impact. And so, what happened? Um, uh, Caltrans uh, in, in putting out to bid the the contract to repair the the, the uh, interchange here, they they put out a bid and they included an incentive for finishing the project early of uh, an incentive of two hundred thousand dollars a day. And they, they opened it up to bidding in in, in the storyteller, marvelous, marvelous storyteller who was sharing this, said the first bid was six billion dollars. But the winning bid was eight hundred and seventy six thousand and seventy-five dollars. And i you know like to think in twelve cents, you know <laughs> and and the and now, now this was not an $876,000 job. But what happened was the firm expected that they could finish well enough early that it would actually be uh, the early completion bonus would pay for the job. And in fact, they ended up making uh, $5 million in early completion bonus. uh, uh, So they were very successful. But how could they do that? And this was the point of the story was... They were able to do that because they're able to streamline, they were able to cut the job down to exactly what was needed. They identify all the sources, potential sources of delay, and remove them and and just really focus on doing the minimum amount of work. And this was the overall message. It was on your projects, get small. Identify the real minimum that you need. And and resist the 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 calls to add for uh, uh, all the other gilding of the lily, all the other things that people might want. So you had one great was,
0: example there, and it involved welding, but I don't know very much about welding. So what, what, what was the example <laughs> where they, they made something much more streamlined?
1: Well, so one of the things they need to do if you're going to go ahead and build this bridge was to you know have uh, welded steel I-beams, and the, of course this is going to need to be inspected and now you would say like well this inspection time is going to you know add a lot to it and some people might be thinking like oh well maybe we could remove the inspection and get that done but no that that's not a possible choice but instead what they did was
0: yeah you don't want the overpass the, to fall down again on day 2
1: <laughs> that's that's right exactly and that's one of the things i like about this example is that it's real world it has real consequences so you can't take shortcuts you know a lot of people in software they have the idea of like well we just you know if we just cut Cut corners, we cut quality. Uh, we can get this let's done. Let's skip those but, but unit you, tests.
0: We don't really need them.
1: <laughs> that's right. But but that's that's the wrong takeaway, and that's and that's why like the the this bridge example, you you can't you can't shortcut. You know the curing the concrete. You've got it. You're gonna have to actually make this thing work. So it's about figuring out those things that are are bottlenecks on the path to delivering the the correct, uh, really functional, uh, safe. Product. And, and, and so but rather than what they did is they did change the way that the inspection of the welds were done. Now, these inspections need to happen with an X ray machine, but rather than having all the I beams be created and then have them afterwards uh, reviewed and then anything that was um, found to be a problem thrown away, uh, uh, the, the, the contracting company instead worked out for the inspectors to work with the welders. And inspect as they weld, and any defects found would be corrected immediately, so that none of the I-beams would be would be thrown away. They would all they would all be used. They could all be corrected, and you could uh, therefore uh, uh, lose the separate uh, wait time of waiting for inspection, and also the, the waste involved in anything that had to be rejected.
0: And the thing I love about this approach is the idea that no one had thought of it before. So the previous (laughs) method, I assume, was for some people to weld some stuff, and then for them to wait around for some inspector-type people to show up with clipboards, and then for some welders to come and fix some problems. And that seems like a perfectly sensible approach, it's just rather slow. There was never any pressure, I have to imagine, on uh, folks like welders and inspectors to work together. Just like there's often no pressure for front-end and data people to work together, or QA people and product people to work together, there's lots of... um, uh, kind of uh, obvious things that people do that lead to lots of waiting. There, there's never anything that puts pressure on them. So I like to imagine a, a maximal example. And my maximal example involves a movie called Independence Day. Do you know this movie, Jeffrey? <laughs> uh,
1: it involves some aliens.
0: <laughs> it does. That's really all you have to know about the movie, um, although I call <laughs> it the Independence Day technique. And uh, what I ask you to do is to imagine what the aliens do, right? So what's the first thing the aliens do in the movie?
1: They they show up over all the world capitals.
0: Exactly. And now in the actual movie, they just start shooting and destroying Earth. And so we, we have a big dramatic story. But imagine if they did something slightly different. They showed up and they pointed their guns, their, their space lasers and everything at uh, all our major capitals. And they said, we're going to blow up the Earth unless you replace this overpass by next Friday. <laughs> and what's really interesting is you get real, I ask this of engineers very often for projects they're working on, and what I often hear are things like, well, I mean, we could get it done next Friday, but, and then I listen very carefully to the but, because <laughs> that would lead to things like, well, the inspection would have to happen instantly. Well, how could we do that? Well, we could get the inspectors to follow along behind the welders and inspect immediately. Oh, yeah, well, we could do that, but you know, the union wouldn't like it. Great, let's go see the union. You get an a uh, uh, you put by putting this kind of extreme fantastic uh, fantasy pressure, you actually unlock the possibility of doing something much differently, and then you can work on obstacles to doing that rather than the failure of imagination, which you often have, uh, which leads you to think this must be a six billion dollar project, this must take six months if not more, and it's going to have major overruns. You can imagine a situation where that's not true.
1: Yes, I, I love the way that sparked uh, that sparked creativity. Now, there, there was one other analogy he used, which I which I also liked, which was that he said um, it, it's kind of he used the analogy of Michelangelo uh, sculpting David, and that you know David was already there in the block of marble, and that the job of Michelangelo was to cut away all the pieces that weren't David. And what he said was. There's going to be people as as you're doing this. There'll be people who say, you know, that's great, but what we need is not just David, but we need a whole museum full of sculpture. (laughs) You know, we need Goliath, and we need (laughs) the crowd, and
0: we need the Israel. uh, We need all the different people who are participating. That's right. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) And and the idea he said was, um, you know, you you just need to when those people show up, it, it, you need to keep them away from the project. You need to allow the team to stay focused in, on, on delivering David. And and uh, you, you had a good objection. You said, but wait a minute, what if some of them have a good
0: idea? Yeah, and, so and I, I, I wouldn't keep them away. I, I would definitely make sure that the team uh, hears from people like that and then ignores nearly all of them. But there's probably going to be somebody who comes along and says, you know, actually, there's a structural problem with David as you've planned him, and he he needs some reinforcement right here, and, and we could do it this way. And, and that's going to help you to avoid disaster on the project. So um, I, I think I disagree with the person you were listening to uh, at, in Portland uh, I, I wouldn't say keep them away. I'd say listen to them, but inoculate the team. Give them a special vaccine that that allows them to close their ears to um, the the demand to <laughs> to show you know David with a frisbee and and David with a um with a uh, uh, a baseball. we're We're not interested in in those Davids. but we are interested <laughs> in the really helpful ideas that will help us move faster and and have a good result. Uh, but we want to discard everything else.
1: Yeah, in the context of this is the DevOps Enterprise Forum and in the context of enterprises, very large corporations with lots of powerful stakeholders in different places, I'm more sympathetic to keep them away. In fact, I think it's more like this. There's probably someone who you need to have in between (laughs) who acts as a filter to, to find the people, the people who are, you know, informed stakeholders that can tell you about the actual safety concerns or good ideas, you can you filter them through. But otherwise, I can can keep the the uh, the rest of the people who want, you know, the David with the hat, and
0: <laughs> can keep them away. David as a break dancer. Okay, yes. Yeah, so let's let's yeah. avoid all the uh, all the accoutrements that we might have. So, if you're fighting this uh, environment, if you're seeing this kind of uh, uh, distraction um, uh, o- over egging the, the you're doing the six billion dollar bid rather than the 800,000 bid uh, that we'd really like to hear how you might apply some of these ideas what could you do uh, to put in place a filter or if you disagree if you think wait a minute you're missing very important I- examples here there are things that you really need to do that that you're going to to uh, omit in the model that you're describing. We'd like disagreement as well. And you can do both things by getting in touch with us. And the place to start with that is agilconversations.com. You'll find our email and our Twitter and like everything, our LinkedIn, everything else where you can find us, as well as uh, information about events. I'm going to be giving a keynote speech in uh, in Poland. I think I can say it right. It's Krakow, uh, if I'm saying the the name of the town correctly. I'm looking forward to exploring it. Uh, but also, I'm going to be there talking about why things like Scrum and uh, Shape Up and and things like it uh, are much inferior to conversations. So, a topic near and dear to to both of our hearts. So come along to the ACE conference. Uh, you'll see information on agileconversations.com about that, or just get in touch with me, and, and I'll tell you all about it. That's on the 18th of May. So uh, if you want to get in touch with us, disagree, agree, ask us questions, do it there. And, of course, you can also find us next Wednesday when we'll be uh, here with another edition of Troubleshooting Agile. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Ron.